0: hosting the athlete's journey today i got a special guest uh person i just recently met and did his show uh but a good good friend of mine uh he's had a, a prestigious career in the nfl played over 15 years of basically a decade and a half man i would say like back in like back in the day when you can hit quarterbacks so i respect him <laughs> i respect him a ton um I want to introduce him as a uh, Gus Farat. Say hey, Gus. What up, Travis? How you doing, buddy? Good, 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 good. I'm just uh, I'm. I like I said, I was a fan. I used to watch the Washington Redskins all the time. Um, you know, because it was like one. It was like either them or Dallas on Channel Two uh, back in the day. Oh yeah, they're
1: on right now. See if I
0: got them on the back <laughs> yeah. He actually has the game on right now, which is funny. Like I said, so um, I used to watch them a lot. You know, way back in the day. Um, if I lived in Washington, I probably would have been a, a Washington Redskins fan. You know, you would have been
1: a Bullets fan and a Washington Redskins <laughs> fan.
0: Definitely, definitely. So that's why I'm, I'm glad you came on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, pretty much thank you, like once again, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
1: It's going to be a fun night.
0: Yes, agreed, agreed. Well, let's get right into it. You know, I want to say, how did your football career uh, start?
1: Oh well if you go way back when um uh playing when I was young uh when I you know they they called it uh, midgets back then but it's youth football and I didn't really like it man when I tried it I was like in 6th grade maybe 5th grade and and I was like the biggest kid so they put me on the line and I hated it getting your head knocked in every play I was like I don't want to play this sport <laughs> and then um came to 8th grade played again And, you know, just, you just kind of out there, you play any position. It doesn't really matter. Didn't really play quarterback, just played wherever, right. Defense, whatever, you know, that year went so fast. I don't even remember it. And then, um, funny story about that year was I broke my foot the first day of practice and I went home and I told my dad, I said, I think I broke my foot or I hurt it really bad. He goes, son, I just bought you those cleats. You're not taking them back. I can't take them back. You're gonna wear them, so just tie your shoe tighter. So basically, I played a whole season with a broken foot. Ouch! Uh, that, yeah, that was crazy. My dad, though, he was a mill guy, and then in ninth grade, I uh, started two days, went out and uh, tackled somebody with my head down and broke my neck in ninth grade. So ninth and tenth grade, never even played football. Wow. Well, then I came back in eleventh grade. And just basically was playing quarterback at that point. Um, just because I could throw it, I played baseball. Uh, you know, I healed up, was playing baseball all the time. And then uh, my senior year ended up playing uh defensive back and and uh quarterback, and just you know got back in the game. And when you're young, you heal up no matter what happens to you. So I really never played quarterback till I was a. Uh, a junior in high school and it was a wing t and we ran the ball we never threw it <laughs> so then um went to a joe butler metro index camp after my senior year in football got recruited by you know there were a lot of colleges there got recruited by tulsa uh louisville um kansas state temple uh, my first big recruiter was Michigan, but they got their quarterback, so they quit recruiting me where I would have went to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then and, and just ended up Tulsa. I liked David Rader, who was my head coach, and and went there. And and I had five great years at the University of Tulsa.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Well, you already just said it. I was going to ask you, what were you interested in playing any other sports besides football? But you said baseball, right? Baseball. Yeah, I mean, played sport?
1: baseball. I love baseball, man. We won state championship. We came in first, second, and fourth in the state in my three years in high school baseball there basically and then i love basketball too i mean um loved it but you know my senior year i wasn't really going to play because i was a, more of a football and baseball guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the first week out in basketball i absolutely just crushed my ankle just twisted it really bad so basically I had one of those air remember those old air casts i had one of yes yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. then i'm like uh, well, you know, I'm not gonna get hurt again, go out, play first game out. After I come back after like three or four weeks, I roll the other ankle and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you know, when you're competitive, it's hard not to go out and play sports and uh, especially in stuff like that. So I just got mm-hmm. ready for um, my senior year in baseball and then off to college. Oh, okay. So you want, I mean, you've had
0: success in baseball and in basketball I guess, what would be your most memorable moment in high school, if you want to say, if you have one? In any sport? Oh, Either one, uh, for, football or baseball.
1: Well, obviously, we won a state championship in baseball, which was which was so much fun. We had a really good team, really good coach. Um, You know, a lot of these things you hear about, how coaches bring people together, but they're still tough you know what i mean like but mm-hmm. not mean mm-hmm. he was like that right he got us all to play together as a team uh we just had some really gritty really good players uh we had a player on our team um denny Harringer, who was a. Uh, he went on and pitched into pros he was our ace in the hole i mean we probably wouldn't win anywhere without him i was i was young i was a sophomore when we won states and so I was a, I was the right fielder, (laughs) but you know, I was young, strong, throw the ball. Um, and then the other one was in, in my senior year in football, we went to the playoffs and that was the first time our school ever went to the playoffs in football. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's think about that that long round. I mean, my dad went to school there and my dad's 40 years older than me, you know? So that school, our high school has been around since early 1900s and then, just think in 1989 was the first time we ever went to the playoffs in football, which is crazy.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. insane. All right. So you, you obviously you're, you're really good in football. You get recruited by Michigan, Tulsa, th- those kind of things for football. Uh, what do you remember, like, you know, what was the biggest difference between, uh, you know, college when you first stepped on, on, the, on the practice
1: field or you know or the field from high school? <clears throat> well, when I was in high school we only had 19 kids on my team. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, our freshman class at Tulsa, you know, we had 25 kids, so that's already bigger than my high school team. And for me, it was, it was just kind of getting to know other people. I came from a small town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. never really knew a lot of other people than my hometown. And it was just kind of the, everything was wonderful about it was the diversity different people from different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and we're all coming together to play the same sport and mine was uh you know I was competing with all the other quarterbacks uh there was a kid from uh, where I grew up there was a kid from Texas there were you know people from all over and so uh for me the greatest thing uh, about it was just man you know there's this whole other world that I didn't really know about that all these kids come from because mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all that stuff. And so all of a sudden I get to compete against these kids from Texas and all these other places. And, and, uh, I was red shirted my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then my second year, um, I just wanted to play. And so my, um, I, I did a little punting. All right. So I had a, I did punting there and then, um, our quarterback, my second year, our quarterback, uh, got hurt and blew his knee and then he came back my third year for medical red tj rubley mm-hmm. and uh we, he had a really good year and i was a starting punter and i was the backup quarterback so and then after that i got to play uh my last two seasons in college and just ended up having a, a lot of fun and a good career
0: nice nice
1: you were a punter too <laughs> yeah 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 i loved it i had a long one of the longest punts. Uh, so we were playing in a freedom bowl out mm-hmm. your way in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And um, we line up to punt. We we're playing uh, San Diego state in that game. And I had an 89 yard punt. So I, I had an absolutely nailed one. And the guy went back, it was over his head. So he went back to catch it and went off his hand. And then it rolled the whole way down to like the three yard line. Right. And we were at the complete other end of the field. So it counts. So I was like, Oh, that's pretty sweet. But also that year, we beat Texas A&M that year and we played them in Tulsa and I had a one yard punt. So I had both, both things happen to me that year. <laughs> a one yard in the 89. Yeah. I yeah so when that. you see that, it's a bad feeling when
0: they go off the side of your foot. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine, I imagine. All right. All right. So you, you start, you, you start your junior year in college. Um, Do you, are you like on the throwing team? Are you on a, a team that, you know, there's a lot of running, mm-hmm. like you were in high school or, you know? Well, know.
1: yeah, it was um, Coach Rader, who was our head football coach. He was all about throwing. We were in shotgun all the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they know, they are now in the pros. Mm-hmm. We did that back in the 90s, in the early 90s. And I had some, I had one receiver, I had a couple of really good receivers, but one went to the pros for a while. His name was Chris Penn. He was um, drafted by the Chiefs. Uh, but he and i i mean it was just like you know it was just we just go out and tear people up like Mm -hmm. it was so Mm -hmm. much fun Mm we put them all over the field our senior year he missed two games and we still had 106 catches like we wow we were just killing it okay but um you know we were we were tulsa kind of gets the leftovers from like oklahoma oklahoma state arkansas and some a lot of schools from texas Mm -hmm. but we still get a lot of good players so what happens is if we, you lose your starter the guy that's coming in usually is not as good because mm-hmm. he's like um you know he's just not it and it doesn't mean you're being mean to anybody it's just a talent level mm-hmm. and um so we didn't have the success that we had the year before mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we did a lot of good things and we had a lot of fun nice. good good two-year starter
0: now are you starting to get looks from um looks from the nfl From uh, from
1: your singing? Well, it was crazy. I got invited to the combine Mm -hmm. uh, to throw all five days. So Mm -hmm. some quarterbacks come in, like I wasn't highly touted. Some quarterbacks come in and they can just come in for the quarterback workouts, right? Some quarterbacks they bring in like four or five in like I did. And they throw all five days to every position whenever they need a thrower. And I was like, yeah, whatever I got to do, you know, I'm going to go. So I was there for five days. Um, I'll never forget. um, What was his name? Quarterback from Syracuse that year in 94. He was my roommate. I saw him one time and I said, you're not staying around. You're not throwing. He goes, I'm going first round. I don't need to be here. I don't think he was even drafted. Oh, and wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of how it was. You, you can't come in with an attitude or an ego. You just got to do what they ask and, and you got to go out and perform every chance you get. And so that's what I really tried to do was just be humble. And at that time, I was living back in P- uh, Pittsburgh with my now wife, but we were we were going out back then and she was in nursing school at Pitt and I was actually got an internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So after my senior year of football, I I interned with the Pirates Mm because I didn't know what was going to happen. That was my field of study that I was doing. I interned with the Pirates. And then after the combine, I had all these coaches come in and I didn't have a pro day. Mm -hmm. My pro day was going out to some random field in Pittsburgh or calling the University of Pittsburgh and asking them if I could use an indoor facility or wherever I could throw and so these coaches would come in and I'm throwing routes to a guy who never played football in a tennis facility. So they're, you know, they are used to go like all oh, these schools and, and, you know, but they keep coming. And so, um, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that's under the radar, get drafted in the seventh round uh, that, you know, I have an agent at that point. He's telling me you're going to get drafted. Teams keep calling, but, you know, it never happens. And finally around the second day and seventh round, it happens. I was only the fifth quarterback taken in the seventh round. So there weren't many quarterbacks taken that year. Um, well, but, you know, you can't look back. You can't hold it against anybody. And, and you just go out and, and I was drafted by the skins and you go out and you bust your tail and you work hard.
0: Now, I have to ask you uh, a question, two questions, actually. On draft day, how was that process of, like, that day? You know, like, I I know you're just sitting around watching, watching, uh, you know, people drafting, drafting. And two, how did you feel when you heard that, you know, you heard your name get drafted by Washington?
1: Well, that day was, well, two days, really, right? The first day, we're at my my folks' house where, where I grew up and uh you know they have their family my dad was one of 15 kids so we had a, he had a big family mm-hmm. um and my mom and everybody we knew were there my girl uh, my wife now and she was there um her dad was my high school football coach so all <laughs> well, their family was there so it was a big deal you know and the first day goes by and i not get drafted the second day everybody comes back <clears throat> and you get the call and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the Redskins, It's Charlie Casterly. Hey, Gus, we're going to take you with the next pick. We're so excited, you know, all that stuff. We're so excited to have you. Can't wait, coach, you know, you know, and but you don't even know what to say, like, because you never, nobody tells you what to say in that point. You just mm-hmm. say, yeah, 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 okay, coach. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you got to figure it out. And then your family's so happy. But then you realize that they took a quarterback in the first round. Mm -hmm. So what's that mean for me, you know, and it's just like, my age is like, dude, you just got to go in and work hard and show them what you can do, show them your talent. And Mm -hmm. I was able to do that. But that feeling of being drafted at least is, is incredible to come from a small school like Tulsa to come from a town of 5,000 people with only, you know, 19 kids on my football team in high school. It's a pretty amazing feeling.
0: No, definitely. Definitely. You, would you say that would be the, the biggest let like biggest triumph you had in college was probably getting drafted to go to the nFL
1: right yeah, I mean uh, I think that just um going and playing college football I was lucky, you mm-hmm. know because mm-hmm. there's not many guys that get to do that, and then being drafted was um I loved it because you know you don't get on my team that I played for, there was only one other guy drafted. And a year before me, there were two years before that were two other, three other guys drafted. So it doesn't happen that often at Tulsa. And so, you know, that was a big deal. And then coming from my hometown, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, all the right moves. Yes. Yes. Um, So it's not exactly like that, but our town was a mill town. There were two factory, huge factories there. And and then, you know, that, my dad's family was one of the big families that worked in the factory. Oh, all this, you know? okay. So okay. it's kind of like that. There's a lot of pride. There's a lot of people pulling for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just figure you got to go out and make the most of it and and do everything you can to make the team.
0: All right.
1: What was the biggest lesson you learned in college? Um, You know, going back and thinking about it, you know, uh, my coach, David Rader, was just, uh, he prepared me way more than I even thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he, he played college football, at Tulsa. He played it for the giants for a few years, but then never really played, but just was on the team mm-hmm. and had a great understanding of defenses of, of like forward thinking um, offense, you know, where we spread the ball out. We moved guys around. We did a lot of that before he brought a lot of that from the NFL Um, And so I was just appreciative of everything that he taught me. And I think that was the biggest advantage of why I I did so well in the pros was like, I was prepared, not all the way. Like we, we, we didn't have a lot of like, I still needed to lift and get stronger and do a lot of those things. But as far as mental wise, I think I was prepared enough to do well, to make a team if I got there in the NFL. Okay. Okay. So you, you, you drafted, you're
0: in, you're in camp um you're a seventh round pick so how is it that you know how do you know what do they tell you how to stick if that i guess that would be the
1: question how to stick on the team well you don't you know you're young you're a rookie you don't so you got to try to listen keep your mouth shut and try to try to work hard right you're not a first round pick you know those guys um they have different opportunities, you know, but they earned it, right? They, they earned it. They were, they were great in college. So that gives them an opportunity to be a first round pick. But for me, our first round pick didn't show up and he's Shuler. Oh. So all of a sudden he doesn't show up and he's a quarterback in my position. So I basically got all his reps and worked hard every day, did whatever I could. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you a story that, kind of made me feel like i made it but i don't you know it didn't probably have anything to do with it so i kind of i've always befriended the linemen when i played football mm-hmm. and in college whatever linemen were almost always my friend probably because they were faster than me and i looked up to them because they were so fast <laughs> uh, no but you know at the in Washington, you know, the hogs were the guys, right? The, mm-hmm. They were the O line, right? The hogs. When you get a nickname for your O line, yeah, it means they're pretty darn good in mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I befriended kind of the hogs and got to know a bunch of them, loved all those guys. They were incredible. Um, they, I mean, they won Super Bowls a year before, so there's all these guys, and they had this place in, um, we're at training camp where they, had this little bar where we would go, they would take and they go, Hey, you want to come with us? And I'm like, Sure. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. Like, I'm going to go. Right. And um, so we're drinking. So you get done with practice. You got a little time before dinner and then you have night meetings. So the meeting starts at like six. And practice mm-hmm. got done at like three and we go out. So I'm there and I'm like looking at my watch and I'm like, Oh, it's like 5 30. We got to go. And they're like, Ah, sit down. We'll be fine. Right. And then um, so it's like 5 45. And they go, they all get up and they go, all right, let's go. And they go, Hey, rook, pay the bill. And I'm like, I don't have any money. So I go up to the guy at the bar and I'm like, hey, dude, I don't have any money. You know, I'm a rookie. And he gets it. He's like, just when you get some, just come back, pay me. We'll take care So I was able to do that. But so I'm late, right? I'm going to the meeting. I'm like, shit, I'm just gonna be terrible. I'm gonna get cut. So I walk into the meeting. North Turner's the head coach and he goes, Hey, where you been? you're late you're like two minutes late and he goes and i'm just breathing hard i'm sweating and the the linemen stand up and they go hey coach he was with us and that's all it took and norv just said oh okay and i sat down and nobody said another word like the hazing didn't take place with me like the linemen had my back right
0: right 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 and
1: i because you know you don't you don't say anything to the coach like i was with the linemen right you just come in and say i'm sorry coach you know and then they stood up for me and, and vouched for me. And then so um, between that and then getting all the reps in training camp, I was just able to prove myself that, look, I probably shouldn't have been a seventh rounder. And I'm not really trying to have an ego or anything, but I felt like I could have played at, a, at anywhere. I could have played with any of those guys that were drafted before me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I, I was able to, to go out and take all those reps because he surely didn't show up. And, uh, he and I had a great show. It's the first time we ever talked about the whole situation because it was kind of like oil and water between us. Right. We were there together, but we didn't really mix. And, um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of tumultuous situations between us, a lot of kind of anxiety and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he comes back from like, didn't go to any training camp. He comes back and then he gets to start, you know what I mean? It's just like this whole thing, but everybody is kind of on my side because I put in the work and all this but he's a first rounder. He, he deserves it. So, um, so getting a the stick there, everybody's story is different, man. You just don't, you just don't know how it's going to be. And the only thing you can do is never say no, do as much as you can mm-hmm. and go out and work your tail off and study. Like they want to see that you're mentally ready, that you're physically ready and then that you're emotionally ready. You have to have all three talent levels to be good in the NFL, man. I understand
0: that. I mean, like I said, I, I've never played. I, I played football like all the way up to about high school, uh, and then I got hit in the in the leg once, and I was like, "Oh, all right, let me focus on basketball." So I always wanted to know, like, how is like the mental preparation as long with, along with the physical in the, in the NFL, you know.
1: Well, just, yeah, like you have to be, I mean, there's no doubt you have to be tough. You have to be willing Mm -hmm. to uh, Mm -hmm. be in a car wreck and get back out and go do it again. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. what it's like. You watch the game. The game is going on behind me. People say it's soft. It's not the old ways. Yeah, it isn't. They've changed the rules. And, but still, you know, you got somebody running full speed at you and trying to take your head off. uh, It's still going to hurt. We see injuries all the time. It's a violent, violent game, Yeah, Mm -hmm. but you have to be able to, differentiate between injury pain and you know can I get up can I do it or am I going to hurt my team and for me it was just learning that from my dad like I told you that eighth grade story mm-hmm. that was my whole career like I broke my neck came back broke my foot you know I never missed and he just he just there's all kind of things that happened to me you know I remember I I burnt my I was in science class in high school and I burnt the back of my hand where you put your glove on for mm-hmm. baseball. And he said, just put this stuff on it. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like it hurt like hell when you put your glove on, but you know, your dad made you tough because he made you do all these things. And sometimes I think that there's an element of that, that when we watch football is missing a little bit with some people, but it's always been like that.
0: No, no, definitely. I can understand that. I think that, uh, you know, I I felt like uh, like back in your day, older days, like football, it was like a gladiator sport not saying it's not now but it just it just felt a little bit rougher and tougher uh well the- yeah i mean
1: you go back and watch some of the films of how quarterbacks used to get hit, thrown around one bar face mask and all that stuff. And they were tough. I mean, those dudes were tough. They'd go have a beer and smoke at halftime. They were just just different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Today's different. Right. Uh, You got to get rid of the ball. I mean, you're so much more knowledgeable. You can watch so much more film. Mm There really shouldn't be any surprises for you. And the way that guys take care of themselves now is completely different. Um, than it was back in the day where, you know, you're not guys didn't really care. Or watch what they ate. You know, they knew they were going to go work out and that's just how it was. And now it's completely different where they know that the, what you eat is going to affect how you, how you recover the next day, you know, how you feel going through a season, all that kind of stuff. All right. So how many years did you spend in Washington? I was in Washington for five years. Um, and we lived there for six, my wife and I. But, um, uh, you know, I love D.C. It's a, it's a great town. I love being there. Um, you know, things didn't work out for me. Coach and I butted heads a little bit. And then um, you kind of move on. And, you know, trying to figure out where you're to go next is tough because you build a life and a family here in five years at this place. And you thought you were going to be there. And then all of a sudden they're like, the team goes, yeah, you got two years on your contract, but we're going to cut you. And you oh. don't get paid those two years. You just get cut. And then you're just like, all right, where are we going to go next? And your agent tries to find a team.
0: Yeah, that, that is like the insaneness of a football, like NFL contract, where like you might have two, even three years, and they just release you. I never understood that. You know, like I'm just like, you should, I always felt like you should always get your money no matter what, no matter what they do with you. Um, but I, like oh, said-
1: It's crazy. It's a one-sided contract. Right, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. sign this contract. You put your name on it, four years, twenty-five million, and they cut you after two. They gave you a five million dollars signing bonus, but your first two years you made eight hundred thousand dollars because everything was backloaded. They're like, "All right, we'll just get somebody else. We'll bring somebody else in, and they don't pay you any." I've lost more money being, uh, you know, cut or being a, you know, leaving a team than I've made in the NFL. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, I lost a lot of money.
0: Dang, I never knew that. I, ne- I never knew that. You know, man, that's crazy.
1: So my my when I played with the Dolphins in '05, mm-hmm. I signed a contract in '05, two year deal. It said, okay, I'm going to play for base salary, and everything I do is incentive based. So everything starts, completions, touchdowns, everything is incentive based. I make this you know, I throw this many touchdowns and make, do this many plays, all this stuff. My, my money goes up, which mm-hmm. that's kind of how I like it. Cause I got to prove myself, right. Mm-hmm. That I got to go out and prove. And if I make all my incentives, then my next year's contract goes way up right from the base salary that I signed for. So I make all my incentives, make this money next year. I'm so excited to be back with the team again, off season coach calls me and he says, Hey, we got to cut you. And I'm like, for what? He goes, well, you're too old. And I'm like, okay, I'm 36, but we just had a great season. We should have been to playoffs. We were nine and six. And, you know, we have a great team. Just draft a young kid. I said, draft a young kid. Let me help him. And he'll be the starter for you for the next 10 years. Like, I don't care. Just, you know, give me my contract. Let me finish it out. And he goes, well, if I pay you, he goes, if I pay you, then I have to cut these other guys. And I'm like, well, Yeah, that's not my problem. (laughs) That's that's your that's your money guy that has to figure that out. That's not me. And then um, he goes, "Well, why don't I just bring you back for the contract we had last year?" And I go, "No, I earned all this money. I earned this. I put my blood, sweat, and tears out in this football field, and I earned this to be the starter of this team." And he said, "Well, I don't see it that way." So gone. Second year, lost all that money and. Just how it is, man. That's that's the NFL for you.
0: That's crazy. Man, that's a heck of a story. So you, uh, well, let's go back. You, uh, you do your five years in Washington. They
1: cut you the last two years. Where do you go next? So I go to Detroit next and absolutely love Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. We just had a blast. We had a great team, great locker room, had a lot of fun, made the playoffs. Went back to Washington to play them in the first playoff game and lost to them. Uh, we, did, we didn't play our best game that day, uh, but, and then stay there one year. And uh, I played a lot that year and it was between myself and Charlie Batch. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Zorn was, was my was our quarterback coach and, and Zorn, he called me in. He said, Hey, we're going to sign Charlie to a huge contract. Even though you played 10 games for us and did really well, we're going to, we're going to sign Charlie. We think he should be our starter and we're going to let you go. And that was it. And so looking for another team end up going to, um, uh, after that, go out to, uh, uh, Denver Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, uh, Denver for two years, Shanahan, same thing. Hey, you, you know, we'll come, you can come back at a base contract, uh, or whatever. And I went in and I said, Hey, look, Cincinnati wants me to come be the starter there. I don't really want to go there. I'd rather stay here. And coach Shanahan basically said, you got to do what you got to do. And I said, Mm. Oh, okay. That's, you don't really want me. Right. Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to go with somebody who wants me. So I got a Cincinnati, not a great year, <laughs> probably one of the worst years I've ever had in the pros. Okay. Um, just, it was the whole organization was dysfunctional at that time. Um, there were a lot of things going on. I had a wonderful coach and Dick LeBeau was just an incredible human, but just wasn't, you know, he wasn't allowed to control anything. Um, and it just, it just, it just, had a rough year and then after that mm-hmm. go to go to minnesota play there two years we, we had an incredible team with moss and culpepper and so many wonderful players uh we should have been we should have won two super bowls those two years that's how good we were no. uh, but we didn't it's the nfl there's always yeah. parody yeah. um yeah yeah and after that my offense coordinator um scott linahan leaves goes to miami that's the year i go to miami
0: mm-hmm.
1: played there one year go to Scott leaves to be the head coach in St. Louis. So I go with him. And then, um, so I'm in St. Louis two years and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm kind of 37. Like I've played a long time. Let's go figure out where we want to live and raise our kids. And, um, I get a call from the Vikings. They have a new head coach at that time, Brad Childress. Brad calls me up and he says, Hey, I want you to come back up this kid we got. And I think you can really help him. And I looked at my wife. She said, yeah, why not? Let's go do it. So went to Minnesota um, and played my last year in 08 in Minnesota.
0: OK. Wow. That's a, that's a long discussion, you know, like a long and crazy career, but also like a lot of traveling, a lot of just. Oh, yeah, man, it was crazy. <laughs> well,
1: it's not as much as you've done. I mean, I didn't have to learn a new language. I didn't have to learn how to say chicken in like seven different languages, right? Yeah, I had to deal with some crazy accents like in Minnesota, different places, but that's about it.
0: Well, no, I I would say the difference between me and you is that you actually had your family, you know, like did your family, was your family going with you from place to place to place to place?
1: Oh, yeah, that was always important to me. That's probably why we don't have as much money as, as we should, because we were always moving and renting homes and moving our kids and putting them in schools and doing all that stuff. I mean, my wife and I, our priority was always our kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. trying to give them the best of education and anything we could.
0: No, I just, I understand that. I mean, you know, like I said, like, I think it was a good thing, you know, uh, because like, yeah, you, you could have been like the single married guy in these cities, but bringing a family is always like, you know, a good thing to me.
1: Yeah. You know, but you are, You are kind of single for a little bit like because when you go to a new team, your family is left behind you right They're they're left kind of my wife was left with three kids kind of getting a house ready to move or dealing with all that stuff and you're at the new place because you have to fit in you have to go to a new team, you have to understand what it takes to be the leader of that team because you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go in and you have to figure out their culture. You have to meet all the players. You have to understand them because they're the guys that you got to trust. And then you guys got to build the same belief. And And every coach is different. They all have a different belief system, a different offensive. You got to go there and do that. You got to work hard to do that in the offseason while your family is back home and your wife's trying to handle the three kids. So <laughs> she was always like, I probably would rather be out, you know, getting hit by those guys and trying to deal with our kids so <laughs> and then you just you just do it all you know you try to go everywhere together it's funny my kids always are like dad why don't you play football till you're like 45 so we could have went in the locker room and remembered everything and i'm like <laughs> yeah that wasn't gonna happen
0: yeah it's, it's very few tom brady's who could play till they're 45 or whatever yeah that's that's insane right yeah no no uh, i don't that's why i say he, he's gonna break every record every single Longevity record because he's fact that he's 44
1: is still playing. You know, I, I don't, think he's pretty much. I don't know what records are left for him to break.
0: Yeah, I don't think any. I mean, yeah, I don't think any. Breaks. He just yeah. broke
1: like Drew breezes like uh, completion, completion record. Yeah, like they just keep. He just keeps knocking them down.
0: No, no, that's what I said. He's gonna be like, I'm gonna have all the rings. And all the records, you know, it's like, it's it's insane.
1: Well, it's just insane that, you know, he's played that long. And I mean, he did have a bad knee injury one year, but to come back and really not have those aches and pains. I mean, that's, that's why guys hang it up. You know, they get aches and pains, their body breaks down. They can't play like they did anymore. And you watch him, he goes out and still wings the ball around and throws it like he did for his whole career, which is pretty amazing. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, Definitely, definitely. Now, I guess based on your experience, uh, what would be the best advice if you had for, let's just say a young you coming in out of college
1: to the NFL? Um, like I was saying before, you know, you, you got to take a look at yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to the NFL, you probably have the talent level, mm-hmm. right? You're going to always, you're used to working on that. You're used to lifting, running, working on your skills. Like you, you'd work on your shot, every different shot, all those kind of things. And then there's the mental aspect of the game, studying the playbook um, and understanding the defense, studying the defenses, right? How good are you in in tough situations? Those mental things, you can't think about them. They have to be second nature. Mm -hmm. So I would look at a young kid and say, hey, as much as you can learn going into your first training camp, as far as reading a defense, understanding what the coach wants, bust your ass, go do all that. And the third thing is the emotional side right getting to know the players getting to know your teammates understanding um how they feel like do you need to pick them up because if you're a quarterback you're one of the guys that everybody looks up to right and so you have to get to know i would go and get to know the defensive players the offensive players it didn't matter and and you go to try to talk to everybody to get to know that emotional side so that when things go well uh you can be there to support them and things go bad you can be there to support them because it's inevitable it's a game the ball isn't round it doesn't bounce right and um there's going to be things that happen in football so those three things together are, are what you need to do if you're a young player to uh make it in the nfl no that's that i mean that's great that's that's
0: like I said great advice um, what was the like what's the best thing that happened,
1: you know, in your NFL career? Well, um, just being able to play 15 years was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never was lucky enough to make it to a Super Bowl, you know. You think about that, like uh, you know, Tom Brady was sucking all those up, so I never, <laughs> got to, never got to play in those. Um, but um uh, you know, they're just great moments that I've had, you know, big plays, um, incredible teammates, um, wonderful times in a locker room at training camp, getting to know guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the thing about it is is that there'd be guys that I probably haven't talked to in 20 years from, from Washington. Mm -hmm. But if I saw them on the streets, we could sit down and catch up like it's old times. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the hardest things that we have to deal with is like, now that I'm, back in Pittsburgh and I live in a town yeah you get to know some people but there's nobody here that 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 did what I did Mm -hmm. and there's some Steelers that live around here but not a lot of other guys and it's when you're trying to relate to people sometimes that is really difficult in in that sense because um only other guys have played in the NFL no offense to anybody who did but really understand what what you went through in all Mm -hmm. those hot days in training camp right and you're getting your tail kicked and and going through meetings thinking you're going to get cut and everything else that happens mm-hmm. so there were so many good and bad things that uh you know I don't uh, you, know, you know I don't regret anything I did I don't uh, wish I did anything different um it was all done for a reason all for a purpose
0: yeah no,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: And what would be your biggest triumph in the NFL? What was your biggest moment, if you want to say, out of your team? Well,
1: uh, you know, my biggest moment was one of my f- most fun moments was in my last year of my career, we had the ball. It was just a great game. We're um, playing with the Vikings. We're playing the Bears. Big rivalry. Mm-hmm. What you just saw last night, right? They played last night. Mm-hmm. And there's always it's, – it's always – It's always gritty. It's tough, right? The teams hate each other and that's just built into it after years and years. Um, So we're in the dome, we're playing the bears. uh, They're driving. Our defense has a huge goal line stand fourth, fourth and goal. They stop them. We get the ball. It's literally on the half yard line. And Daryl Bevel, who's now the interim head coach of the Jaguars is our offensive coordinator. And he calls 999 99 FC. And I'm like, Whoa, What do you mean? He goes, yeah, we're not going to run it. Like we have Adrian Peterson, like, let's just run it out and get some breathing room. He goes, no, we're going to throw it. All right. So it's just basically two by two. Mm -hmm. All receivers are running a go route. Tight ends are down the seam. Well, tight end, a slot down the seam, two guys outside. And, um, you know, I said, all right, fellas, here we go. Give me some time. Let's, let's complete something down the field. And I said, Hey, if it's not open, Adrian, just get open and I'll check it down to you. And, um, Sure enough, we go back. They're playing cover three. Pina Tillman's the corner on my left. Uh, and when they're in cover three, a lot of times those cornerbacks are taught to cheat. So they play the seam and the outside guy. They're right in the middle. And I was just staring down sante Shanko. He was our tight end. And I'm just staring him down. And I just let it rip down the sideline to Bernard Berrien. And uh, it's like everything that you were ever taught in 15 years all fell in. The place in one throw like throw it three yards from the sidelines throw it 45 yards downfield and it's the perfect you know ball and and Bernard just ran right underneath it went for 99 and the place erupted and it was just uh it was just a wonderful wonderful play but also with all the emotions and the turmoil of both teams playing each other mm-hmm. and how the Vikings fans are there yeah it was just a it was it was a great it was a great play
0: Okay, now that's that, the way you describe it I'm like getting excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, and it was great because at play, there was a photographer in the end zone of that play. Mm-hmm. and he had one of those like a uh, uh, you know a fisheye lens it looked like, but it was able to take the whole play and the stadium in the back and every you could see everything. And then he took it right when the ball was like launched. So you could see me going like this and the ball's up in the air and everything happening. So I took that shot, and I got like fifteen or sixteen of those, and I framed them real big, and I got all of the people that were on the field with me to sign them, all, oh. like all the linemen, and I gave one to everybody for Christmas. I gave a head coach one, and my my quarterback coach, and I it was like, I gave everybody one of those, and um, it was just because it was such a memorable play. It was so cool. No, no,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a heck of a that's a heck of a game a heck of a touchdown too now so the go fast forward to uh you know when you when you retire do you know exactly what it is that you want to do or are you just kind of trying to figure things out
1: no because my life was family and football and i look back now and if i did like you asked me a question what advice would i give a kid like going back i would say go back everybody you get to meet write their name and number down because you know never know who one of those connections can help you with after your football's over Mm -hmm. and then also continue your education right do something go intern somewhere in the offseason even if it's for a month Mm -hmm. you know or or go back to school study something whatever it is Um, Mm -hmm. or if you love to like for me I was always an outdoors guy Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to, you know, be an outdoorsman because that's where I grew up in the country. You know, just go go, take that time and go do that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you're done after 15 years, you're like, all I knew was football. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not yeah. that I'm, uh, you know, I graduated college and not that you're a dumb person, but um, I didn't take advantage of enough opportunities that were presented to me. Plus I was moving all over the country. It's not like I was in the same town all the time.
0: No, no no so when
1: you retire and you're sitting there the one great thing for me was I had a family that I loved and I was I knew right a lot of guys are so focused on everything else they're football and they're going out you know when you're young everybody wants to do those things and then you don't realize that you're sitting at home one day and you don't know your family and that's why divorce rate in the NFL is like 80 percent right because oh, wow. guys come in and they're like you know, what am I, you know, what do I do? And, and so for me, family was always important. So when I transitioned, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a job mm-hmm. and I ended up coaching because that's like the easiest thing, right? <laughs> to go and coach the sport that, that you played for 25 years straight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, when we finally moved back to Pittsburgh, I coached a little bit because my sons were playing, but I was kind of done. And uh, I just said, I gotta, I gotta do something else. And that's when I started to, Uh, I had a guy I met, we became really good close friends and he started uh, a company and I would just go work with him, and try to learn as much business as I could.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that transition is tough, tough for everyone. No,
0: definitely, definitely, definitely. I remember when I retired, I was like, okay, my son's three. I got to figure out, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to coach. So, okay, I'm going to go Going to sales because it's dealing with people, you know. Right, you know. And I was like, I work for enterprise. (laughs) We'll pick you up, you know. Yeah, we'll pick you up. Yeah, wear suit and tie every day. Like I was that guy, six eight guy, picking you up in a Honda Civic. You know. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. Driving, (laughs) yeah, I remember green suit. So, yeah, I was that guy for a couple years. I was like, yeah, this ain't,
1: yeah, this ain't for me. So I had. to Yeah, I mean, I coached high school ball. I was a head coach for three years. Uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed that <clears throat> i tried to go back into the nfl at like five years after i retired but it was too late by then like kind of you kind of miss your prime like they want you to come coach right when you're done right Ah, uh, okay, um, okay because once you're out you're kind of out like even though you know a lot of people you just you lost connection you lost that connection yeah to yeah, get yeah. back in um and so there's so many guys I know that are trying to find their way. Now, there are guys that just, you know, when you're at the top of the world, uh, a lot of football, you know, the stars, they obviously have it a lot easier than a lot of other guys.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I definitely agree. It's easy if you're a Shannon Sharp or Ray Lewis or, you know, those kind of guys To kind of like, oh, I'm going to go into Broadcasting or whatever the case is, Tony Romo. Right, and
1: you and you see a lot of those guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah, right. That go in there, they get they get opportunities. They get, hey, you're this Hall of Famer. We're going to give you every chance to go and be great. But then you see some other guys who weren't that have pushed have been good, like Romo. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player, but he's not going to be. I don't know if he'll be Hall of Famer or not. But he's an incredible what he does right now. He's one of the best out there. Everybody loves really loves listening to him because he explains the game well to the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, definitely.
0: I watch the games. A lot of his games, just like to hear him talk, just to kind of learn, you know, like what he's talking about or what, what the NFL is about, but definitely. But no, it's, um, I always felt like the transition for any athlete in any sport is just like super hard. And, uh, you know, it's always like a lesson to learn, like to get, to be learned, to figure out, okay, finally I have something that I like.
1: Yeah, I think that's like when I was on your show, we were talking about the alumni situation, right? When you're an alumni, who do you go to? Where do you go when you're done? And our alumni has been getting better and better. NFL alumni, our our players association, Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing more and more things to help guys transition. Um, You know, they'll hold conferences that you can fly to and go meet companies and all this. And Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. A lot of guys don't want to do that. They'll come and, and they'll do something for you. They'll sign autographs. They'll play in a golf tournament. They'll do charity events, but they also want to get paid to do that. And so, but they necessarily don't want to go work eight hours a day. You know what I mean? Like that's, so there's, there's things that are good and bad about the alumni. And I think they're all getting better. Like guys are more, uh, apt to tell them like, Hey, this is what we want. Right. And so the alumni are trying to do that.
0: All right. All right. Well, my last question that we always ask, um, you know, every every guest on the show, who I always ask, uh, is the every at, at some point in your career, you know, everybody's career, they get into maybe some lower points, you know, and I always ask this because I, I want people to kind of know if they're at low points in their career or after their career is over, how do they get out of it? What did you do to get out of maybe your low point Uh, you know
1: of your career or out of your career yeah so there was a point in my career and when i was in washington where i had a, a major kind of incident happened to me where um i scored a touchdown i headbutted a wall i mean everybody watches it it's everywhere right and you go from being the guy on the washington post and the talk of the town to the talk of the nation because you did something that they're going to play on espn for every month for the rest of your life Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um and so a lot of people see that and so there's two ways to handle it you can I mean, I went through it. It was tough going in to see my teammates after that. And you kind of say, hey, it was an accident. It happened, right? And you just kind of move on. Coaches couldn't move on from it. That was one of the big reasons I was, I was let go from the skins. Um, but I didn't let it affect me. I play another 10 years after that. And, and what you got to do is like, you're going to have adversity in your life. You're going to have problems in your life. And the only way to get out of them is to face them. And I will say the one thing that helped me was I had a great support in my wife Ann, my kids, and my family. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Just you know, it didn't it didn't define me. Was that right? My kids still see it. Hey, Dad, it's on ESPN again, and so you laugh about it and move on. <laughs> and, and people really sometimes they don't want to ask me about it, but and and, and there's a difference when you ask me a, a, a good question and you ask me a mean question, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. people want to get mean and cause they want to bring something out of you. Um, but, and usually if they get mean, I don't answer too much. Right. I'd keep it short, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that was probably one of the hardest points in my life because that's on the, you know, that was in front of, you know, 25 million people watching TV that night mm-hmm. and everybody got to see it. And for years, I had to deal with that question and how, why did you do that? What happened? How come you did that? You know, what were you thinking? All those kind of things. And and then you just deal with it and move on. I think uh, I just wanted to, it, it definitely makes you humble, right? Mm-hmm. That things can happen to you at any time and change your life. And I didn't want it to define me. And so I just kind of push it off and laugh about it. And, and really my wife, Anne, she's so tough and strong that she just, she just willed me to, to be better than that.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely understand that, you know, um, it's always good to have that good, great support support system, you know, to get you through like times that maybe you can't get through times your, yourself, you know?
1: Well, yeah. And, and I was, you know, I was, I had my wife, some people have a coach, some mm-hmm. people have a mm-hmm. mother, a father, some mm-hmm. people have a brother, everybody has a different support system. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's there is for you to lean on them when mm-hmm. you need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with you.
0: 100%. Yes, me. You know, I, Gosh, I'm so grateful and so thankful for you to come on the show. Uh, you know, like I said, I appreciate you so much. You know, like I said, I used to watch you back in the day when I was a kid. So I definitely uh, like just want to say thank you. I appreciate Yeah, you it. don't got
1: this stuff up here like I got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, see, I cut my hair. So yeah. I, you, you don't see it. You don't see I, it. My,
1: see, you, I don't look good with short hair. So oh, okay, this, is, yeah. this yeah. is actually my dad's hair. This is exactly what his looked like when he... <laughs> So <laughs> he combed it and everything. And my kids are like, dad, why do you do that? I said, I have no idea. I watched my dad do that for 17 years straight. And that's probably why. I got you. I understand that. I understand that. Well, um,
0: let people know, like I said, what you're doing, uh, you know, your show, like I said, you know, uh, when I came on, it was super good. I, I, you know, I listened to like a couple of episodes of your show. It was really, really good. So I got it. I want to make sure you talk to the people where, where they can find you.
1: Yeah, everybody can check me out at Huddle Up with Gus. Uh, yeah, you can go to HuddleUpWithGus.com. You can go on any social media at Huddle Up with Gus. Uh, they can follow me at Gus Farratt. And And uh, you, know, you can check us out on Sounder.fm. Uh, that's who hosts our podcast. And you can listen to our podcast, Huddle Up with Gus, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, we're on every channel out there. And it's just a show that's incredible. I love to talk to people. It keeps me in the game. And I talk to not only football players, but like you basketball players, people from every walk of life, because sports played a big part in most of our lives. Agree. You know, and, mm-hmm. and people don't know that until you start talking to them about when they were a kid and what they learned from sports. And, and it's a, it's a big deal and it's a lot of fun to, to talk about and share everyone's story. No,
0: definitely. I definitely agree. Uh, You know, it's, it's always sports is weird because it's like, it it transitions you from a boy to a young man, to a man. Uh, you know, to right. fig- figuring out how life is, you know? Yeah, if
1: you took that first hit in your leg and you would have been like, oh, I like this, you would have been a football player. Yeah, <laughs> like, You would have been a tight end.
0: <laughs> Definitely agree with you on that. Definitely <laughs> agree with you on that. But it's funny, I have a family member, my cousin, he, he played football, but he played football, uh, you know, up to high school. And he was like, man, I should have I kept playing. We both should have kept playing. I was like, no, yeah, you could have no. kept playing. <laughs> you no. could have been playing. No, I was not yeah. going to continue out there after that hit. Yeah. I was not, I was not about that.
1: <laughs> hey, some people are meant to do it. Other ones aren't. That's no, no, is. definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, you can, you'll be seeing, uh, you know, Gus uh, interview coming up pretty soon on athlete's journey. You can definitely uh, people who've been listening. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, keep subscribing, keep listening. Uh, you can find, uh, find me at at Travis W Reed on Instagram.com and also uh, Travis W Reed on Facebook and like I said I post all my shows all my you know social media like I'll be posting this interview uh, with Gus on on, uh, on my social media platforms but it will be on Spotify, you know Apple podcasts, etc. Thank you, Gus. once again. I like I said I appreciate it and uh, we, we hopefully we can get you on again. I want to get you on for like a football segment for the playoffs <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, we'll just put the game on the background. Yeah, yeah. because like I said, this year is going to be so interesting to see. There's no, I want to say Kansas City starting around into that, I guess the team of the AFC, but I don't know. NFC is so wide open. It could be Green Bay. It could be, you know, Tampa Bay. It could be the Rams.
1: I don't know. If Tampa Bay doesn't get their guys back, it's going to be rough.
0: Well, yeah, uh, what's name's out for the season? Uh, Godwin. so Godwin's out. But A.B. is is back.
1: AB's back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who's the other receiver? Evans, He's he's You've got a little injury. Yeah, you know, They're going to get Fournette back. So they got some things to square up, you know, and it, it, at this point of the season, you want to be peaking, right? You want to be going, getting to your best. And last year, Tampa Bay was doing that. This year, they kind of yeah yeah had yeah. some injuries at the wrong time. No, but no. Green no. Bay. I don't know. I think they're the favorite to win the NFC. Yeah, I don't say. I don't know. Like I said, I,
0: I would say the only team I think that can actually beat them in Green Bay it would be Tampa. I just think you know Brady would probably be the only one that can do it. I don't know if any of the other teams can go into the frozen tundra and beat them. This is my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. You know, at first to begin season, I thought, oh man, Arizona's a different team. But then, the last few weeks, they've been showing their true colors.
0: Yeah, I think they're a lot of talent. You know, a lot of sizzle. I think you know, Kai, you know, Murray's great. But you know, when the real football starts coming it gets a little bit colder, it starts to hurt a little bit more. He gets banged up. He always getting little yeah. nicks. Not, not not in season ending, but always banged up a lot.
1: You know. Yeah, my favorite guys to watch is guy in your neck of the woods is uh, Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah, love Justin. He's
0: a oh, big, man. strong, he... sturdy guy. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they didn't have to meet Kansas City in the AFC Championship because they have – They should have beat him last game. They should have beat him. To yeah. me, I'm like, you're playing Ch- Travis Kelsey and Hill one-on-one? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm well, like, their coach went – a of kicking field goals, he tried to go for it and score points. And I'm like, you never – not – like, especially early in the game, I think you kick field goals and get the points.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, like this whole analytics thing is okay. but you know, <laughs> Plus, whatever. he cost
1: me a bet on FanDuel because <laughs> he didn't
0: kick those field goals. <laughs> no, nah, I got you. I got you on that. I got you on that. Well, like I said, Gus, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, right, got to have you on again soon. Happy holidays, my friend. Same, same. Have a Merry Christmas and all a right, Happy we'll, New
1: Year. All right, we'll see you next next year. Yeah. Right around the corner. Agreed. Agreed. All right, buddy. Have All a right. great night. You too.